It's not something you get over, it's something you learn to live with. I think it takes a special kind of person who is willing to sit with people who are going through grief to be able to, to be that listener. It's important that people be real patient with themselves in the grief process. Welcome to Mothers of Held Angels, or as we say, MOHA. We are three dedicated and passionate moms who have lost babies to stillbirth and infant death. We formed a support group to help get through the dark days of grief. We touch on a variety of topics relating to life after loss, speak with experts, and enjoy healing conversations based on our own experiences. Don't forget to visit our website at www.mohanetwork.org for more information. And thank you for listening in. As the book of Matthew says, you are not alone here. Welcome back, Moha listeners. We have a special guest today here with us. We have Marion Mankin with us today at an at an organization here in Houston called Bo's Place. Marion is a licensed clinical social worker supervisor and is the program director here at Bo's Place. Welcome. Tell us a little about yourself and how Bo's Place got started. Well, thank you for um, inviting me to, to be on your podcast. I'm glad to share the word about Bo's Place for sure. Um, well, but Bo's Place has been around a long time. We've been, we started in 1990. Uh, like many grief centers, we were born out of loss. Um, two mothers, uh, Sis Dixon and Karen Pennybaker, who had both experienced the death of a child, wanted to have more resources available to other grieving families. And so they started the Grief Center of Texas, which at that time was primarily an information and referral line where people could call up and be connected to grief-related resources. They also um, gathered other people who worked with the bereaved and would have different meetings to talk about the needs in the Houston area. And they also offered um, community education and trainings because if we're a grief-avoidant culture now, we were even more so in 1990. So they really wanted to be part of really spreading the word about um, how to support the bereaved and have people just talk more openly about their own stories of grief and loss. And so through their work as the Grief Center of Texas, they kept hearing over and over again, well, what about my children? That's great that I can go to this support group at my church or I can do this or the other, but there really was nothing else for children. And so in 1995, with the support of the community, uh, the Grief Center of Texas became Bo's Place. We're named after Bo Nyehouse, who died of liver cancer when he was 12. And he and his mother had written a book together called It's Okay, God, We Can Take It, where he talked about his, his own experiences with cancer and his beliefs about death. And then his mother, Lindy Nyehouse, talked about you know what she experienced after he had died. And so since they were a family who were very open to the discussion of talking about grief, we became Bo's place in his memory. Uh, and that was in 1995. Um, Interfaith Ministries rented an old place in the, um, in the museum district for a dollar a year. And we were able to start offering groups to families in 1995. And so since then, we've continued to grow. You know, the greater Houston area is a large area, and the need for bereavement support is tremendous. And so we continue to offer uh, groups for 
families who've experienced the death of the child's parent or, or sibling. Uh, and we also offer support groups for adults who've experienced the death of anyone close to them. And we also offer pregnancy loss groups for mothers who've experienced a, a pregnancy loss, miscarriage, or stillbirth. Um, and we also offer um, school groups within up to, we're hoping to be in 24 different schools this year. And that's to try to reach more children who might have barriers for attending Bo's Place. Because um, our, our preference would be that everybody would come, you know, as a, as a family to be able to share um, and, and grieve together. Um, but we know that some children aren't going to make it here. And so we um, have a combination of, of online and in-person groups. And we also have groups in English and in Spanish. And even though we do offer online groups, our groups are just for the greater Houston area because there's such a need even here that we won't be able to meet the entire need so we can't expand to outside of our area. That's so incredible. I think what I love the most about this, the origin story of Bo's Place is that it's from, um, it's like you said, a story of loss and a mom's um, need to connect and Mm -hmm. grow a community of not feeling alone in grief and wanting to share um, support, you know. Um, I, I think that's beautiful. Well, I think that holds true to our mission as well. We mm-hmm. were formed out of three moms of loss. So exactly. Yeah. And, and that there's just not the resources to keep up with the demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's pretty incredible that Bo had a little bit of a say in what, you know, what his legacy was going to be. And I think that's, I think that's really fantastic. Um, so Marion, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, as a social worker, what made you, what brought you into Bo's place? Um, or were you here at the, from the very beginning? No, I started here in 2004. Um, and my previous work in social work had been in therapeutic foster care and also, um, as a therapist in a psychiatric hospital. And so my previous work had been more on the crisis side or, are really working with, um, people who are still in very incredibly difficult situations and often not having long-term relationships. Like I, people would be uh, working with me for short periods of time. And part of what I really Really enjoyed uh, about Bo's place is that um, that people were on the healing side of things. Where people come here, they connect with others. The group that I run personally is an ongoing group where families come twice a month for as long as they find it helpful. And so some of those families I've known over a couple of years, I really see them in a different place than when they started. Um, and and I I really enjoy really be, having that focus on on healing and helping people. Uh, learn new coping skills and feel less alone, connecting them with support systems. Because resilience isn't just getting through something, it's getting through something better equipped to face your next challenges. Uh, and the more we live, the more loss we're going to experience. So if a child, if an adult, if anyone can learn some new coping skills and strategies that are going to be helpful to them, that's going to help them the rest of their lives. Well said. Love what you said about resiliency. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Carrying it through, not just during the trauma, but thereafter yeah. love that how to face the loss after loss yeah because yeah. how terrible to go something that, through something as devastating as the death of someone you love and not learn and grow from it mm. like if you're not able to see the ways in which you've um you know realize your own strength or that you value the relationships with people that you have more because you know that anything could happen or if you're not able to f- some way find some sort of growth out of this experience that's 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 incredibly difficult so we really want people to be able to see uh their strength and also see the potential for joy again mm. yes joy again <laughs> So what type of mental health support could a mom or family of baby loss expect to receive at Bo's Place? 
So in terms of our direct services to the bereaved, what we offer here are grief support groups led by trained volunteers. It's not therapy or counseling. It's a support group setting. And within our groups, the really the role of the volunteer facilitators is to help the people in the group connect with each other. And so I think the biggest thing we offer is that ability to see that you're not alone, to be with others who have had something similar happen. Um, you know, not, not everybody, you know, nobody's story is exactly the same. You know, what we experience and how we grieve is based on who we are as individuals, you know, our past history of losses, um, our relationship with the person that died, all those things factor into our grief. And so no one's grief journey is exactly the same, not even two twins. But there are things that you can hear someone say and think, oh my goodness, I thought I was the only one. I thought I thought nobody else felt this way. And so being able to connect with others. And we also do provide information about what grief is, what are normative grief reactions, what are things that people commonly experience if you're a parent attending with children what are some ways you can support the children so there is a psychoeducational piece as well where it's both being able to share your own experience and give and receive support with others but also learning more about grief and also having structured activities that are focused on things that we know to be helpful to people in their grief journey whether it be talking about the legacy of the person and what's what's what are the things that make you feel connected to them we call that a continuing bond in grief theory theory and like and it's important to be able to have that sense of you know like if you're a a child whose parent died, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm funny like my father, or I have his blue eyes, or being able to see, you know, I want to do well because that was important to, to him, you know, to be able to have that sense of connection, um, or, you know, being able to, if it was the, the, the death of a sibling, like I am still a big brother, you know, those kind of things, to be able to connect to who the person was within the story of your life, and also to be able to see your strengths and how you've grown through the grief experience, and to be able to really have an ability to see the ability for positive things again in the future, to be able to see that this may be a difficult time, but there is hope for me in the future to be able to connect to those things. So we have um, kind of our set you know, kind of desired outcomes that we have for everybody. And those are built into the activities that we do here. But I think the biggest piece is just to be able to to meet others and explore the grief experience. I would say that it's if, if people leave with a few more numbers in their phone that they can call when they're having a dark moment of the soul, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And to be able to really have that connection, that's a success. We so, want them to really connect with each other. Um, and, and I think often when people leave, uh, they may not remember each activity that we did, but they do remember those moments of real connection, you know? If I'm coming to Bo's place for the first time, would you, how you walked us through the building, would you walk us through how y'all kind of run your groups? And I love the fact that y'all sit down as a community and eat Mm -hmm. a meal together. Would you run us through that? You know, it's really different for each group. We have many online groups. And so if if it's an online group, we have uh, orientations on Zoom and things to just make sure people feel comfortable. But if it's an in-person group, then we do kind of have a new family orientation or an orientation within the building for them to be able to see the facility. And also just because if you've never been somewhere, like coming for the first time has a little bit of nervousness, sure. you know, and so we hope that, you know, coming and visiting us and having an orientation before the group helps them feel more comfortable. And for the online groups, we do orient them as well. And we also mail supplies for everything that they'll need for the group. So they have those things there. Um, but we do want to help acclimate. So if like Brittany was saying, if, if a mom of loss 
really wanted to get connected with Bo's place, the first step would be to sign up for an orientation or would she come and the orientation kind of happens naturally or how does that work? Yeah. So the first step for anyone interested in any of our services is just to give us a call. And we start with a phone interview where we find out more about, you know, who it was in their life that died, how they're doing, you know, we know what else they might have going on. And it's really just a conversation just to, to better understand what their needs are. So we can see if our group is the right one to meet those needs. And if someone has a lot of different other things going on and maybe counseling would be helpful. We, we have a list of places we refer to for counseling. Um, and then if they seem like a good match for our groups, we would then talk through, this is the group that, you know, I would recommend for you based on what you've told me. And this is what that group is structured like and walk it through from them. And then after that, there's a short application to complete and they would also, um, do an orientation of some kind. So do families come together usually? Like is it usually a full family unit that will come for the services of yeah. Bo's place? Or yeah. how 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 normally do um families so we have a couple different programs, so it kind of depends on which one is the match for them. So we have our the most of our families come to our family groups, which is for families with children ages five to eighteen who've experienced the death of the child's a parent or someone who is in a parenting role. It could be maybe a grandparent who lived in the home and who was helping raising the children or, um, or a brother or sister or, again, just someone in the immediate home who lived with the child. And so for those groups, they would come all together, uh, assuming everybody fell within the 5 to 18 ages and the, and the adults. And so the family would start off um, with a shared meal where everybody brings food to share. It's a potluck. I love that. Yeah. Love you know, the, the dinner time can be hard when you're grieving, when you have that empty chair at the table or, you know, all those things. And so really having that time for the family to be able to arrive, catch their breath and have a moment, you know, have something to eat after a long day and then go into group. Um, is, is part of why we structure it that way. And so like five to seven-year-olds would be in one group, seven to nine, 10 to 12, middle school and high school. And the parent or guardian would be in a group with other adults. Because we know everyone in a family is going to grieve a little bit differently because everyone had a different relationship with the person that died. And so we want them to be able to be with their peers. And also a child may not know anybody else who's had a death in their family. They maybe they feel like they're the only one in their whole school, mm-hmm. even though that's probably not true. They exactly. People don't talk about it, so they don't know. And so being able to look around around and I often hear them say like oh I met someone else whose dad died you know that that being able to have that sense of they're not alone in it you know Mary and I that's such a good point about um being in the school our kid like Holland Brittany and and my children are at at school age children right about now Mm -hmm. and we just talked about this how we know they're not alone Mm -hmm. but as parents we're we're training them how to keep our our babies alive in their conversation and how to how to do that and those place I will say though I would be so curious would y'all be like if you were in a different group than your children that's what I was gonna I would be so curious to see what along that lines like what is your advice for um children who so desperately want to share their grief and what they're going through but maybe the parents are suppressing that a little bit you know like yeah, that can be really hard, and 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 I for the for the child because you know we all learn our family rules. You know, it's often mm-hmm. until we're grownups ourselves where we don't realize, man, some of our rules weren't the same as everybody else's or whatever those things are. You know, but but and so they really turn to their parent to see what's okay. You know, mm-hmm. like you know sometimes parents will call me and say, I don't know why you know they're not showing emotions. I go into my room and close the door and I cry, but I never see them cry. But when you go into your room and close your door 
the kids know you're going in there to cry, mm-hmm. but they also know that it can't be talked about. And so being able to say, it's okay to let them see you cry and say, hey, I'm dismissing your sister today, to be able to, to share those things. But, you know, sometimes the parents are, are uncomfortable, and sometimes you even have a great parent who's really open to the conversation is saying things like, come talk to me. You know, I feel sad sometimes too. And sometimes children are incredibly protective of their parents. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I don't want to make mom sad. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to her about what I'm going through. So there can be a lot of reasons why families mm-hmm. don't connect. And even though everybody is in different groups by age here at Bo's Place, we really encourage them as a family to talk about the activity, to be able to say things like, you know, when we were talking about dad's legacy today in group, I remember this time we all did this. What kind mm-hmm. of things did y'all talk about? And all Often in the car ride is when they really can Mm -hmm. talk about things through and like, um, one of the parents told us that they would often miss their exit because they would get in such engaged conversation uh-huh. and they, they knew it was time to say goodbye to Bo's place when they no longer missed their exit. They're like, okay, we're able, we're not, we're oh, not wow. you know, we're, we're ready. We're, oh. we're not having those in-depth conversations in the same way. We're in a different place in our grief journey. Yeah. So would you say there is um, some coaching or do you have a separate group for parents on how to talk with their kids about it? Because the parent is grieving. They have mm. to do their own grief group. The the child is grieving, they have to do their own grief group, but it's almost like the parent needs a manual or guidance on, okay, how do we integrate the two? You know, and we do have a lot of psychoeducational handouts on both on our website and that we mm-hmm. use in groups. Uh, so p- we do teach parents to learn more about grief and also just being able to start the discussion based on just what they've done in Bo's place itself, mm-hmm. like to talk about the activities along the way. And I think that probably our parent group is a smaller subset in that they were comfortable enough that they reached out to Bo's place, Mm -hmm. that it's uh, the the parents who aren't going to be seeking help that might need it most of all. And, you know, there's ourselves and, and other organizations, there's, um, that offer grief support that can be helpful. There's also some online resources for national organizations like the National Alliance for Children's Grief and things like that. So there are links that can be sent out or information Mm -hmm. to be sent out to grieving parents. But part of it is with anything, you know, they have to make that first step to reach out for help sometimes to be able to access those things. Uh, Can I ask, are your volunteers volunteering um, because they've experienced a sort of loss and want to give back or is this, these are just people within the community that want to help? Um, it's a real mix. And, you know, now that we've been around, you know, since um, we started first offering our first groups in 95, and I actually have a volunteer in my night who was in that original uh, training group. No you know, way. We have some wonderfully committed, wonderful volunteers. Um, we have people who came to our group as children who are now returning as adults to volunteer. Oh, and that, that is awesome. such a beautiful, touching thing. Um, and the, we just had our um, most recent volunteer training and I would say maybe about 50%, maybe 75% of that group was former participants from oh, our great. groups. Um, but you don't have to have had the death of someone significant to you to be a volunteer here. You know, my line is that you have to have a good heart and a clear, clear criminal background. <laughs> 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 and then, you know, you know, then you can be a volunteer here at Bo's Place. Those are the important parts. And just be a good listener. I think it takes a special kind of person who is... Uh, willing to sit with people uh, who are going through grief uh, and and to be able to to be that listener 
um, because this is not something any of us can fix. Like if you, you can't come here and, and it's not like, not like when you build a house and the house is done, Mm -hmm. you're just here to witness people do their own work, um, and, uh, and their grief journey. And so that takes a really special person to know that each person's got to find their own way and you can help connect them with others. Like, well, okay, I hear what you're saying. Has anyone else been through what's, what's helpful to you when you went through something like this, Mm -hmm. that you're connecting them with each other because mm-hmm. this is not a problem any of us can fix. It's, I've amen learned to amen. that. Oh. <laughs> I've learned grief is not linear. <laughs> no, no. And it's not something you get over. It's something you learn to live with. And and hopefully over time, it's less painful than it is initially. But you're going to have days where you go up and down, where you, you think you have a great day. And then the next day, you hear a song on the radio that reminds you of sometime and you're just boom, mm-hmm. you're right back in the midst of grief. And so it goes back and forth. And so um, it's important that people people, you know, be real patient with themselves in the grief process. I do have a real quick question for you too, specifically about what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Moha is centered around helping families work through, uh, that initial, through those initial, um, experiences of loss. So we are in the hospital with mom on day one, coaching and training how to get through those days in the hospital while holding their baby that has passed. Right. Mm So, you know, what do you do with your with your baby to make memories. And as we were walking through Bo's place, Marion showed us in a, a fantastic room of um, how young children would role play um, the memories they had with their loved one. We have a mission here at Mohawk. We really believe that the whole family should be present to make memories with a baby, even though that baby is no longer living, mm-hmm. that baby is present physically in the hospital room with the mom, what type of memories do you see that young children could latch on to that could be beneficial in the long run? Does that make sense? Is that right? I think, you know, part of it with um, young children can be so much around um, expectation setting, like being able to say, you're going to get to meet the, the baby and let them know that the baby had died so they know what to expect and experience. Um, and also have that sense of, you know, it, you know, them being able to set their own comfort, comfort level. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, be, being able to say things like, I want to take some pictures because we want you to be able to remember this time because this is your sister, this is your brother, being able to, to say what the child's, you know, relationship with the person is and kind of reinforce that and being able to talk about things. Um, I know a lot of hospitals have done great things like the handprints and the footprints mm-hmm. and things like that so they can create the memory boxes, um, being able to, to kind of talk through what they're going to see and experience and then let them have some choices if they can as to what they might want to do. You know, some of the things that I've seen children do um, or have heard about from families are things like being able to do a drawing or write a letter that will be included in in either the burial or cremation, things like that, where they felt like they were able to say what they wanted to say to their sibling, uh, I think can be really helpful. Um, You know, being able to to have those ways of helping them memorialize and, and also to be able to talk about, you know, this, you know, the baby will always be part of our family, mm-hmm. you know, and we're kind of reinforcing those sides of things too. I, I do really like how you, how you said earlier in this conversation, you said something along the lines of, you know, dad's legacy, mm-hmm. so-and-so's legacy, mm-hmm. and just using that as a way to like a stepping stone of mm-hmm. saying we're building, you know, Brittany, like Eden Grace's legacy mm-hmm. and just yeah. leave it at, mm-hmm. this is Lillian's legacy, mm-hmm. Carter's legacy. Like, mm-hmm. um, to show that it's long lasting and the, mm-hmm. it's not just 
a, a finish Here line and with now. grief, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, and I think some of the ways like to be able to talk about it is like we may not have had the time to create all the memories we wanted to, but we had the love. The love is right here. And that's why we're taking pictures because this was a loved and wanted child, mm-hmm. you know, and being able to reinforce those parts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I've just noticed from the moment we walked in, Bo's place is so centered around like a home feel, right? The building you said was constructed to look like a house and you focus on the families and how they can, you know, even though they're separating out, they can integrate back together and talk about about what they've worked through in their groups. So what are the benefits that you see when families work together through the death of a sibling? You know, just being able to have that openness to talk about it really allows um, the children to be able to share their own thoughts and concerns. Because if you can't talk about it, how do you ever work through those things? And also knowing that what a child knows and understands at five is different than what they know and understand at 12. And grief is a lifelong journey. And so you really want to be able to have them feel connected to the people who are going to be there and, and also knew the person and also knew what they went through. And so being able to help them talk about it and also being able to um know that 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 um all emotions are okay that it's okay if if you feel angry if you feel like it's not fair that you didn't get to bring your brother home or whatever those things are that all feelings are okay but we need to be able to talk about them and we need to be respectful to each other when we express those feelings so finding different ways to talk about the emotional side of it as well as what does it mean in terms of the story of your life and also knowing that it's not a one-time conversation and so that being being prepared as a parent to be able to offer those things um, as they come up. What what would you say if you feel like the family has hit a roadblock Mm -hmm. are some tips tricks tools to be able to get back on the right path for healing? You know, each person's uh, grief journey is so unique. It's so hard, you know, and it's very common for, um, for example, people within a family to like some person, one person's doing really great and then then and another person's struggling. So they focus on helping the struggling person. But as soon as the struggling person is feeling better than the other person is having mm-hmm. a hard yeah. time. And so it yeah. can be very cyclical and go back and forth. And so part of it is patience, you know, just being able to, to, to say, you know, I, 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 I can see that you're struggling right now. And I, and I want to let you know that I'm here to talk if you want to talk. And also just know that sometimes people just need to step away um, from, from the, from their grief for a moment, whether it be, I, I just can't talk about it right now because it's too big or because of other reasons and just know that what works for one person may not work for another. And I really wish I had an answer that I could give you that would help in every situation. <laughs> and, I, okay. and I think that's what's so hard about grief yeah. is that, you know, it depends on, you know, what is that person's style? Are they like a, you know, an action planner where they're like, okay, I'm going to address this by, you know, putting my, my, my efforts into this kind of thing. Or are they an emotional I need to cry it out person and, and all of that is so different from person to person um, do you ever see families struggle with like half the families want to be here the other half of the family does not want to be here so maybe <laughs> the parents want to be here and heal together and have their a community for their children but then the children are resistant resistant or just like I don't want to go I don't want to do that you know and and if so like how do, how do you, you pull them back in yeah you know in and, and, and that can really vary a, a lot from family to family you know sometimes we have seen that and one of the things we talk about is that you know our our program is a voluntary program and people really have to want to be here and and if a child doesn't want to 
talk about things, they don't have to. It's really up to them how much they want to share. But we do ask that they be respectful of, of the other children and, and and not being like, oh, let's not talk about this. Let's talk about movies. That won't work. They need to at least be able to be present with their other group members. Um, but, you know, if, it, if, it, if a child is consistently not wanting to engage around the topics here, we would talk to the parent about it seems like, you know, that, that, that they're really, you know, ready for something different, you know, um, because we really want to make sure that the group as a whole becomes a safe place because there's lots of places we can talk about movies or other things, but there's very few places where people can talk about their grief. Um, but, but people do kind of get to a different place um, at different times within a family. That does, that does happen. For What's sure. the typical length of time that you'll have a family visit uh, no, repeatedly. It, it really, really varies. You know, we have different links for our different programs. Like our online family group is, is eight weeks. Our little friends group for three to four year olds is a six week program, either a video based one they do at home or when they do in person. Uh, and then we have, um, our ongoing, a nine week family group, which our new families would start with that group and come once a week for nine weeks after coming to an orientation. Uh, and then the nine week group. And, but then we have ongoing groups where families who from those other groups time limited groups who want continued support Mm -hmm. and they can come twice a month and that's for as long as a family finds it helpful and a lot of our families do one of the shorter ones and that meets their needs Um, others might come for you know over a year within the the ongoing groups how soon after loss do families kind of show up it varies a lot. I, I've had calls from people the day of, um, mm. and I, I, you know, what in those kind of situations, I would say, you know, that part of what we talk about is how your family's doing, and, and you know, did you attend a memorial or a funeral or things like that. And so, I know that right after someone dies, it's such an overwhelming time between coordinating with family members, you know, planning services and all that, that it's probably not the best time to start right away. Um, you need to be at a point where you kind of have just a little bit of perspective, you know, to have mm-hmm. at least enough time that you can kind of talk about what you experienced and, and have a sense of how your family's doing. Um, but, but it, it can vary. I've also had families who said, you know, he died two years ago and we just never dealt with it, you know, mm-hmm. and so they're calling now. And so we you know kind of the things that we talk about is that for our groups to really be helpful, the, the child, you know, needs to be able at a point where they can talk about what they experienced to be able to give and receive support and also that um, have enough memories of the person that they can share who the person was in their life like sometimes it might have been someone that died when the child was very young and they don't have memories and it might be hard for them to hear everybody else talking about their dad and they don't remember them like in that Mm -hmm. in that case we might talk to the parent about maybe counseling would be a better uh, um, match because he's really missing having someone in that role, they not having the specific memories of the person, but sometimes even those children can do well too. We really individually want to talk to each family about what's going on with each family member. And is our group going to be a good match for each? Of them? I love that you tailor That's that. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I thought it was so interesting as you were taking us down the hallway on the second floor, how the different groups will branch out. Would you give some examples to our listeners that um, y'all would do with children. Like I loved the clay, uh, some of your activities, yeah, yeah. activities. Yeah. Yeah. The activity that um, was just mentioned is something called clay smashers where we have, uh, the children and adults like this one too. Adults do it too, where they write something that they're angry about on a piece of paper. Like for example, they write, might, might write cancer and then they, they put it on this big board that we have. And then everyone says, I'm mad at cancer. And then they throw a big piece of clay at it and it makes this very loud thunk noise. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes tears the paper, but it's a way of showing it's okay to be angry and it's okay to have these big emotions, just finding ways to express them uh, that aren't hurtful to yourself or others. And we also have a lot of mindfulness activities that we do, you know, helping people with breathing exercises, being in touch with their bodies. Like if you're feeling these big emotions, where do you feel it in your body? People might say, oh, my palms start to sweat. Or I can feel it in the pit of my stomach. Or I feel like, uh, you know, tingling on my forehead or whatever those things. And so we can have them get in touch with what, where they feel those emotions in their body. So if you're at school and you start to feel that way, what could you do? And let's try some breathing exercise. How does your body feel now? And being able to help them be in touch with those kind of things. We also have a playroom where they can play. We have drums if they want to do a drum circle. Look, we know that you know some people explore their thoughts and feelings through uh, talk. Some people do it through action. Some people do it through art. Uh, you know, and kids explore their world through play. So we want to have this wide range of options for the children who come to our groups to be able to explore. I those love things. that. Yeah. Absolutely Sh- love that. Share about is it the grief gripe wall? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need one of those. At we Moha. need one of those at Moha because people can say some hurtful things. Yeah, and often it's like your best friend. You know, yeah. it's like you're like you keep telling yourself they mean well they mean yes. well but wow they don't get it um, and so we have a grief 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 board <laughs> sorry to say quickly um, where they can write things that have been difficult in their grief and my, my favorite example is a girl wrote my my mother dying is not the same as your fish dying because someone at her school actually said I know exactly what you're going through my fish died and she was like wow yeah. you have yeah. no idea and 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 I think that a lot of times people have these experiences and they don't talk about them with anyone yeah. just because they don't want to talk badly about someone who they know was trying to connect with them but what yes. they said was really um really hurtful, hurtful. Yeah, yeah somewhere to channel that like because it will make you feel a certain way when you hear something like that. Yeah. There's lots of emotions that come with that anger and Oof. upset and disappointment because your friend said something so hurtful. So, yeah, and I so think it particularly, you know, I hear a lot from the, the the moms in our pregnancy loss group. It's such a dis- disenfranchised group where people often say things like, "Oh, you can try again," Ugh. or "It was God's yep. will," or mm-hmm. you know, all these different things to yeah. make it seem like less than a loved child. Mm-hmm. And that's what the moms need to hear is that this was a loved child. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and that this was the experience that you had. And anything that you say that tries to make it smaller, that can be really hurtful. Sure. The, all the at least, all of those yeah. things. Anything that starts with the least, we should just not say. Yeah, and I've learned through this that it's them trying to comfort themselves more than anything. Yeah. They're trying to make sense of it and they don't know what to say, so they think they have to say something. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I see you in this big pain and I want to make it smaller because I don't want you to hurt. Yes. But, but sometimes you really need people to say, I see your hurt. And mm-hmm. I, I'm here with you in your heart. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's what the groups big. really do. And it is big. Yeah. It's a big, big feeling. I, yeah, I agree. Moms do get, moms of loss do get a lot of different, I mean, everyone of loss gets lots of, lots of comments like that, but it is hard when the pregnancy, you know, you have a plan for your baby from day one. Yeah. You just do. And whenever it is minimized to something small, it's beyond hurtful. It mm-hmm. is. So, and even just us talking about it, you know, again, part of our mission is being spreading that awareness of what it is and how to move, move through it and start at day one, you know, mm-hmm. start with, start with the resources that right. we have available. Yeah. Um, and we would love for Moha to help with Bo's place. You know, we'd love for, 
our resources to help moms at Bo's place and vice versa. A lot of our volunteers, like Brittany was asking, mm-hmm. are moms who've received mm-hmm. services from Moha because mm-hmm. you see the that need for community and the mm-hmm. and the need to pay it forward. Yeah. So yeah, and when now, you're faced with this unlike chartered territory like Mm -hmm. anything that can help you get your bearings and help navigate Mm -hmm. it's such a huge thing like what do I do what is what has happened and I think it's beautiful that y'all are able to bring your experience to helping others in that way because when you arrive in that situation Mm -hmm. people just don't know what to do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah now Bo's place is for the greater Houston area. Do you have groups that meet in other parts of town or is this your central location and everyone comes here if they're going to meet in person? Yeah, at this time, um, we just have this location in the past, um, you know, before the pandemic, we did have other locations and may eventually again. Um, But right now we're really solidifying uh, being able to offer the full range of in-person groups that we Mm -hmm. used to. And so we're rebuilding our volunteer base uh, and to be able to offer that and we do have our online options um, for those that are you know it's too far for them to come here so for someone who's listening who's never heard of Bo's place how do they find you and find out more information no sure and so you can check out our our website at bosplace.org and that's just b-o-s-p-l-a-c-e.org and we have information about our groups as well as a lot of resources um, about bereavement a lot of educational handouts as well Um, and then we also you you can give us a call at 713-942-8339 and we're here 830 to 530 Monday through Thursday and 830 to 430 on Fridays and so we'd be glad to answer any questions that you have um, and our role is to really help uh, the bereaved and also help those who want to help the bereaved so if you're looking for mm. services for yourself if if we're not uh, a, a match for what you're looking for we will try to point you to other resources or if you're just wanting to support someone who's grieving and you're not sure how to start just give us a call and we can point you to uh, things you could say different ways to be supportive and point you to other websites and things like that that have good articles about how to support the bereaved uh, we, we're, our, our mission is that both places exist to enhance the lives of those who experience the death of a loved one and so we want to be able to help those who are grieving and also help us become a more bereavement informed uh, world where we can really help mm-hmm. those who are grieving. That's beautiful. Our mission yeah. matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing Bo's place with us today. Um, I really enjoyed walking around and seeing just everything that y'all have to offer. Um, I agree with what Brittany said. So much our missions align in uh, making the the community aware of bereavement resources and that it's everyone's going to grieve differently but we all grieve we just want to thank you again for listening today you can find out more about moha and we actually have both place listed as one of our resources on our website at mohanetwork.org you can find out ways to contact us donate to our mission get involved volunteer or just look at our other resources we really appreciate you listening today and we'll see you next time we'd like to show our appreciation by recognizing one of our sponsors talus energy please visit our website at mohanetwork.org to find out how you can become a platinum partner today and secure a spot on our growing network